Hello, it's David here, and thank you for listening to The Leader. Please subscribe to make sure you never miss out on our news, commentary, and analysis, available every day in time for you heading home from work, or however you listen to podcasts. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Mars, and GCSE records have been smashed, but the exam farce goes on. BTEC students are still waiting for their results, which were pulled at the last minute last night. So some teachers are dealing with that. Our education editor, Anna Davis, on what happens next. And it was extremely exciting when the band cranked up. Probably the most familiar song from Jesus Christ Superstar is that overture, that big brassy. Da, 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 da. As Shiver did, I think, run through the, all the audience's spines. Critic Nick Carter says live theatres resurrected with Jesus Christ Superstar. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, the exam fiasco drags on. This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reid, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. For a lot of GCSE students, it's been a very good day. Yeah, I did quite well. I didn't get it for no reason. Like, I worked hard for what I got, and I think that I deserve it. Yeah, I'm extremely happy. I don't think I could have asked for better grades. I'm thankful for my mum and pushing me to work hard. Yeah, I was a bit anxious about it because I didn't know because of the um, algorithm thing. But um, I was kind of relieved when they took the year 10 on the um, results and predicted grades up as well. Nearly 79% of the 600,000 taking them have been given a pass. One in four got top marks. So there were smiles of relief among many after a week of stress in which the government had to U-turn and let teacher assessments of their pupils replace the now thoroughly discredited algorithm that was brought in when exams were scrapped. But, as our editorial column points out, this isn't over yet. 
This being the shambolic 2020 results month, not everything is rosy today. Around 500,000 pupils who have taken BTEX found out late last night that their results were being pulled. Pearson, the exam board responsible, is worried its grading is no longer consistent with the higher outcomes for GCSEs and A-levels that the use of teacher assessment has caused. Ministers, including the Prime Minister, should be ashamed of the entirely avoidable upset inflicted by their incompetence. None of this bodes well for the next big education task ahead, the reopening of schools in less than two weeks. Our education editor, Anna Davis, is with me now. And Anna, let's start with the students themselves. A lot of them will be very proud today. Yes, I think finally, um, now that they've got the results in their hands, I think a lot of a lot of teenagers are going to be relieved after the stress of not just the last few days and weeks, but, but the months, you know, that they've sort of endured with their schools being closed. Um, they have got really record-breaking results because... These results are based on their teachers' assessments of how they would have done if they had sat the exam. So they are higher um, than normal because teachers tended to be more optimistic for their students. When you're talking about record-breaking, Anna, how record-breaking has this year been? Well, the um, when, when you look at the top grades, 25.9% of entries um, were given a 7, 8 or a 9, which are the top grades. Um, last year that was 20%. So these students, you know, they have they have done much better than previous years. They've also been through a lot more than previous years have been through uh, with all the uncertainty, with being locked down and missing school. So, you know, there is an argument that, you know, this is an anomaly this year uh, and we need to just give them these grades and move on. Yeah, I think it's kind of important to stress that these grades haven't come out of nowhere. They're not just made up. The The students have put in a lot of work to get the grades that they achieved today. Yes, they have. We're calling them teacher-assessed grades, but officially they're centre-assessed grades because it wasn't one individual teacher who came up with the grade. Uh, you know, it, the, the, the whole school was involved Um they've been through a rigorous process they've taken into account any mocks and and, you know how how the student was projected to be doing so a lot of thought did go into them they weren't just plucked out of the air so deserved celebrations going on in households around the country but for some people this isn't over yet we still have these b-tech results to come what's going on with those anna Yes, they were due to come out today alongside the GCSE results. And last week, uh, the A-level equivalent BTEC results were actually published. But since the changes to the way GCSEs and A-levels have taken place, now the BTECs would be sort of unfairly graded uh, in comparison to those. So they're now going to remark the BTECs in the same way as the a-levels and GCSEs, which is, is going back to the teacher assessments. BTECs tend to have a bit more coursework uh, because, of course, GCSEs and A-levels now don't contain much coursework at all. So the rev- using teacher assessments have more of an impact uh, on those grades. We don't know exactly when they're going to be re-released. and um, We think next week, but it's still not quite clear. Thank you, Anna. Our political editor, Joe Murphy, is also with me. Joe, the schools minister, was doing the rounds this morning. What's he been saying about all this? Well, it was very interesting, David, that Nick Gibb was being very careful not to be overtly pointing the finger, but nevertheless, that's what he did. So he said, 
We had a model, and that model was agreed by everybody. In fact, he used the word popular to describe it, and that was a model which he says was designed to prevent disadvantaged kids losing out, and he said it would have moderated grades in a fair way. And he says what went wrong was after that model had been devised, the implementation of it and the algorithm. And the algorithm, he says, that was the responsibility of Ofqual. So rather than point the finger, he's tried to divide up responsibilities. The model, of course, is what they wanted to achieve. And the algorithm, he says, was something completely separate. But there's some flaws in that, as you can probably see. Labour, though, are very directly pointing fingers at Gavin Williamson, the Education Secretary. They are. They're saying he was warned and he didn't do anything about it. And I think they'll very soon pick up on something else that Nick Gibbs said, which is that he said he didn't see the algorithm that he says was to blame until it was published on Thursday. So there are some big accusations that Labour are going to pick up on. One is that it's confirmed that they were warned by Sir John Coles, who's a former DG in the Department of Education, who, from retirement from that post, wrote in saying, look, there's going to be unfairness when this is done, and it could disadvantage um, vulnerable or, or, or pupils from poorer backgrounds. Labour says Gavin Williamson did nothing about that. Nick Gibbs says, well, actually, we did. I talked to Ofqual about those concerns and went away satisfied. But I think... Nick Gibbs got some questions to answer because he says he didn't see the algorithm until it was published on Thursday, along with the faulty results. And I think the question will be for ministers over the next few weeks, when this is going to be inquired into by the Education Select Committee, what did you ask and why were you satisfied with the answers? Why didn't you get a look yourself at the algorithm? And if you didn't understand the algorithm, why didn't you get a professional statistician to take a look at it and advise you on whether it would achieve the model? Because after all, using a model um, and not checking if it works is like putting the prototype on display at the National Motorhome and then selling it to people. Until it's driven on the road, you don't know if it works. And I'm told that in the past, it was normal in exams to test the prototypes of, of, um, of moderating systems on draft results to see how they went. Next. Everyone came on wearing um, face coverings and they were sort of like, almost like veils. As one on a single note, they all reached up and, uh, and pulled them down and grinned at the audience. And that was just a lovely, magical moment. Our theatre critic Nick Curtis says live performances finally take place in front of an audience. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
With all the bombast of a mighty Andrew Lloyd Webber chord change, live theatre has roared back into London. Jesus Christ Superstar erupted on a real stage in front of a real audience at the Regent's Park Open Air Theatre. In his review, our critic Nick Carter said it felt like blood flowing back into the capital's cultural veins. And he's with me now. Nick, even before the performance started, how was it just sitting down in an audience again? It was really nice, but it was also really strange. You know, every time you think you've got used to this new reality, uh, something reminds you how weird it is. So it was very strange walking into the open-air theatre, seeing a grid drawn on the lawn so that people could have socially distanced picnics, seeing only a third of the usual number of people you'd see there on a press night, so down from over 1,200 people to just under 400. Um, having a one-way system through the bar so you order your drink at one place, you pay at the next place and you pick it up at the third one. Um, and, yeah, just seeing everyone in face masks is still very strange. But it was there was something very, very, very nice about sitting down in a shared space with a bunch of complete strangers. When the performance starts, can you forget all about all the social distancing rules? Is it like going to see a performance again? Yes, it is. Um, I think this was, I think Jesus Christ Superstar, the concert is a slightly unique case in that you can stage it in a way where nobody on the stage is within about a metre of one another, nobody touches one another, everybody uses an individual microphone. So, um, so yes, it doesn't feel as peculiar as, uh, say, I don't know, watching a love story would be where people are not snogging or things like that yeah that's a challenge theater is going to have to come isn't it you know how do you do romeo and juliet for example is it possible it isn't possible and i mean that's the thing at the moment is um i feel i really enjoyed jesus christ superstar the concert but i feel it's a sort of at the moment we're just getting scraps or or sort of partial um realizations of of, of a little bit of what theater can be um you know you obviously can't really do Shakespeare plays where everyone's standing two metres apart. You can't do love stories. You can't do fight scenes. Um, it, it's, it's sort of anathema to the whole spirit of theatre, really, social distancing. You know, it is a, it is a tactile, uh, kinetic art form. But let's look at the positive. The performance happened. It went ahead. It did go ahead. It went ahead 15 minutes late because it was raining and then it stopped for another 15 minutes because it was raining again. So it was almost like an average summer at the open-air theatre. I can't tell you the number of shows I've been to that have been cancelled or washed out from there. So, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people were sort of putting on rice smiles as well as putting on massive military cagoules and things. It was extremely exciting when the band cranked up. Probably the most familiar song from Jesus Christ Superstar is that overture, that big brassy... Da, 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 da. Jesus And so, it, it, as Shiver did, I think, run through the, all the audience's spines, it was, as I said in my review, it was like feeling um, the blood pumping back into London's cultural veins again for the first time in four months. And you could see from the performers, they were thinking they haven't been able to do what they do for the last four months. So much talent has just been battened down, bottled up and sort of kept under wraps for so long that there was a great sort of exuberant outpouring of it last night. And there was a, a second lovely coup. Everyone came on wearing... Um, face coverings and they were sort of like almost like veils to suggest uh, a slight 
I suppose, historic religious angle. And um, as one, on a single note, they all reached up and, uh, and pulled them down and grinned at the audience. And that was just a lovely, magical moment. And you've written in your review that this fashion is a slightly more sombre than perhaps people have previously seen, a, a more sombre version of it. Is that appropriate for these times? It's, um, well, put it this way, uh, the, the last thing I saw, the first thing I saw in the theatre since lockdown was the um, Don Mars installation, Blindness, which is about a plague of everybody going blind. And I was thinking, well, this is very effective, but it's not exactly, you know, cheer, cheering us up or taking us out of ourselves in this situation, is it? Um, and... Um, Spoiler alert, Jesus Christ Superstar does not have a happy ending. <laughs> I'm not going to give it away, but, uh, you know, you can probably guess what happens. Um, but what I think I was trying to communicate in that is it's not as sort of joyful and rompish as Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which is so sort of peppy and sassy. And this has um, quite a lot more sort of pain and anxiety in it. Jesus, Jesus is a very haunted and hunted figure, as I think one of the lyrics puts it. Um, and I, I didn't manage to fit this into my review, but I was thinking you can see why people love him in this, but he's actually quite hard to like. But in general, just to sum up, Nick, well worth people checking out these things, things like Jesus Christ Superstar and other kind of performances, if only just to show support for theatre itself. Oh, well worth it. I mean, it's it just, I think I said in my review, this feels like it could be the start of something. This feels like things could be creeping back. And these are, it's absolutely worth going to see. These are the things that make London, London. You know, it is it is the culture, it's the events, it's the, you know, it's, it's, it's being part of a living, vibrant city where you interact with strangers, all the time, you know, if uh, if we didn't want to go out and do these things, we might as well all live in tiny villages and not live in this wonderful, throbbing, challenging metropolis that we all sort of detest and love in equal measure. And that's The Leader. You can read Nick's review of Jesus Christ Superstar in the newspaper or online at standard.co.uk. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. <laughs>